Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast for the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron Rodgers and Doug Andrew as we discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So, why was Tony Chimmel released from the WWE, Aaron? Especially in a pandemic. I am imagining that they're not expecting him to go to live events anytime soon. And so, you know, you don't need somebody doing some ring introductions if... There's not a whole lot going on, especially somebody that probably is going to pay quite a bit of money. So uh, unfortunately, they let him go. But this could be a situation where he comes back, um, you know, in the near future. It's very sad. You know, you don't want somebody to to lose their job during a pandemic. Uh, But uh, hopefully this will be over sooner rather than later and he can come back because we do need him to, you know, do the intro for Edge, of course. And and CM Punk. Sucks to see anybody lose their job during a pandemic, but that's... That's the extent of it. So, you know, that that's sad that he was uh, released by the WWE. But Tracy Smothers also, he passed away. Doug, uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, Tracy? Yeah, I, he was one of those that was uh, before my time. And uh, I was told that he was uh, something. Uh, Roger, did you think thinking of anything good to say about Tracy? Um, I will say that I don't know much of him myself. But the respect that he got from people like Excalibur and Eddie Kingston says that he was probably a pretty good guy. I don't know anything about his career or anything. I know he trained a decent amount of people, but he was either outside of my time or just outside of my purview. Yeah, he uh, he kind of had a very interesting career. So he was doing the territories in the 80s, and then he had a, a brief stint in WCW, Smoky Mountain Wrestling then with Jim Cornette, back to the Indies, went to WWF for a year, then ECW, back to WWF, and then just like, like Indies nonstop. And he was somebody that, you know, as Roger had said, was just beloved by the by the wrestlers. Uh, You know, he was somebody that trained a number of people as well. And unfortunately for him, um, the situation was that he was diagnosed with lymphoma um, this previous year. And so and he still was wrestling because he enjoyed it. That was his love. And so unfortunately, though, he passed away. Um, back in October uh, from the illness. Uh, he's only 58 years old, so it's it's really sad. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, because it sucks. It's cancer, right? Like, you know, that's terrible. But the fact of the matter is he didn't, you know, it wasn't because of drugs. It wasn't suicide. You know, it was a, it, you know, it, it was a very unfortunate situation. So um, very, very sad, but I uh, thought we should bring it up here. Let's talk about some good news, though. So Cody got his name back, Doug. I want to know, is is it definitely going to be Cody Rose from here on out? I think it should be. Um, it, it's sad when you have such a legacy and everything to to go on from and everything like that. And uh, for WWE to start, and I know they're doing this for a lot of the wrestlers now. They're copywriting their actual names so that they can't use their actual names uh, somewhere else. But it, you know, for, for him, I'm glad he got it back. I'm glad that WWE finally dropped the the copyright on it and allowed him to have it back. Uh, you can definitely see that he's uh, a lot happier with it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a feel good moment. Um, let me clarify one thing. Cause I found out about this on the real name thing. 
WWE can copyright it for the purposes of utilizing it, but they actually have to get the agreement with the wrestlers if it's their real name. So like in the Brock Lesnar case, if Brock doesn't get permission, they actually don't have any copyright, which is nice. But unfortunately, Cody Rhodes is not his real name, so they had the trademark on that. Look, they weren't going to use it. I mean, it was just petty for petty's sake. Like, I understand protecting IP. You know, if they own the right to Halloween Havoc, so be it, even though I think it's kind of dumb because they weren't using it for 20 years, but so be it. Cody Rhodes, we know who that's associated with. We know who it's going to go with. Dusty Rhodes, things like that. You know, I'm, I'm the right person has the right name here. It'd be like if somebody else trademarked Vince McMahon, like that's stupid. You shouldn't have to go by Vince now. Like we know who it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's two years overdue. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just one of those, uh, just one of those weird things. But I do like the fact that uh, uh, Cody did do something smart. He bought all those WCW pay-per-view game uh, names. And trademarked them, and in return, now WWE had to give that up in order for him to let go of all those uh, WCW names, which is really uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, so AEW full gear actually did happen, and uh, um, Aaron, the biggest surprise of the night, I think, still. Uh, what did you think about the uh, Cody and Darby match? I was a little surprised. You know, Cody had won the TNT title back from uh, the uh, Bro- Mr. Brody Lee. And, you know, you kind of would expect, all right, he'll have a little bit of a, a rain here. Uh, but, you know, he lost it to Darby, who he Darby took him to a time limit draw before they started uh, Dynamite. And so, I mean, it wasn't that big of a surprise. Uh, you know, Darby, I think I think Darby could be big. For, he is one of the bright spots, I think, of their mid card division. You know, somebody like him, Kip Sabian, uh, and there's a few others that, that, you know, are could be really good uh, for AEW. Match was fine. Uh, you know, you had the post-match uh, shenanigans with the Team FTW coming out. Obviously, that's leading to probably Ricky Starks or potentially even Brian Cage taking the title off of him. But, uh, you know, I like it. I, I think that it actually works out. And if anything else, it allows Cody to move on to a, a different opponent and, uh, you know, move away from the title picture. I'm happy for this uh, in that aspect, too. Of There's only so many times you can have somebody face somebody and not win the title to make them a believable champion. Darby took him to a time limit uh, match. Then he got the title. Uh, I think he also took him to, I don't know if this was on Dark or Dynamite, but he also fired up again, and Cody actually legit won. But again, it was close to the end. Um, So giving Darby another chance, you know, third time's a charm, I guess, and let, let him win. Let's see how he can handle the title having it be the TNT title. So it's not a whole lot on the line, but let him develop, let him, he's already in a good feud, like he said, with uh, Ricky Starks. Um, So I can see that continue. I think that's a good storyline to go off of. Uh, I I hope that he defends it at least a couple times before he loses it, but we'll see. Um, And just, uh, you know, good for him. It was a feel good moment. I think for the pay-per-view also, um, and I think Cody even messaged or tweeted afterwards, our up and comers are now our stars. So that was a nice touch. I think the right guy won. I just think the wrong guy was defending. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, I don't think Cody should have been the TNT champion a second time. If he was going to drop it to Darby, let this have been Mr. Brody Lee. I actually think it kind of would have been a cooler moment if Brody Lee, who at that point only lost to, um, Moxley, if he mm-hmm. retains against Cody, if Darby beats him, I think that makes him look even more legit. So I, 
you know, I think the match was fine. It was a solid match. Glad Darby won. It was a good, smart roll-up. I just, I would have rather had Dark Order kind of continue the reign of terror and then let, you know, and I think Darby's more of a modern-day Jeff Hardy um, kind of pulled that upset out of nowhere, only to get then beat down by Team Taz afterwards. But, um, yeah, he's one of the up-and-coming stars. I think Sammy Guevara essentially will be there as well. You know, kind of that mid-card of guys who should be in that, TNT level before they make their ascent to the main event. So let's see where this goes from here. Ricky Starks is another one. I'm really excited for his uh, future as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I maybe this was, I don't know if this is like a theme of the elite splitting. That's maybe the only thing I could see about that, why you had to have Cody there tonight, but eh, I'm kind of over that. All right. Yeah, um, I, I was actually uh, happy with the match when it was all said and done, but it was still kind of a shock. Like, wow, Darby won? Like, still is kind of a, a, a shock, but Kudos, it was a it was a great match. So, uh, we also had the uh, inner circle with MJF uh, winning. Uh, Roger, what did you think about uh, this? I very much enjoyed MJF pulling his lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, he definitely channeled his inner Eddie Guerrero. Jericho worked a face style, I think, for the first time in AEW, which is very interesting to see. I think he even bust out a Frankensteiner, if I recall. Like he definitely um, used some of the old classics. He doesn't hit the lion salt all that much, but he hit it in this match. I like the move of MJF outsmarting him. I'm a little, I guess, surprised that they, and I thought MJF was going to win. I guess I just thought it was going to be more so of if Jericho is playing the face here and MJF is still the cocky douche, this kind of seemed like the right time to maybe have the inner circle turn on Jericho. I don't know. They're building up to it, so I'm willing to be patient. My favorite part, actually, of this whole thing is how Wardlow and Hager refuse to take their eyes off each other. Like, they just look like they want to tear each other apart. And when they finally get in the ring, it's going to be fun. I think this has been great storyline, and I think they still have a lot more story to tell in this match. Uh, the ending was perfect, I thought, with MJF outsmarting Chris Jericho. Um, to Roger's point, I, I can see I, I predicted MJF to win, uh, but I also thought it was going to be one of those he's going to win, but then say, well, if I can beat the best of Inner Circle, then why should I join and then just still not join it and walk away? Um, but I also like Roger's point that if he can become the uh, new leader of the Inner Circle, I think that has a lot of ties and would allow Jericho to start working more uh, face, especially since everybody's singing his theme song anyway when he when he comes out. Uh, let him work a little bit of face. uh Hopefully they get crowds back eventually um, because that's the best one you have. I mean, with, with Chris Jericho being a face, you want people to cheer and everything like that. So um, a lot of storylines to go uh, and a lot of things that you can, can see kind of forming. Uh, so overall, good match and uh, great potential for, for future feuds. Aaron. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, both your thoughts. And based on what we saw in Dynamite this last week, it kind of looks like there's going to be a, a little bit of friction there. I, I've been liking the skits, the dancing thing, a little over the top, but mm -hmm. it didn't. It didn't I, to me. It didn't distract as much as I think some people might have said. They're going to Vegas uh, this for the next Dynamite, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they they do for that. I can only imagine some more shenanigans. I, I am liking the rift and, you know, to your guys's points, you know, maybe they had to kick Jericho out, you know, and maybe uh, it's then just going to be the four of them and they don't have a leader. Maybe they're just going to be their own group. I, I, you know, who knows? This is one of the more interesting storylines they have in AEW right now. And 
I like it. I, and I think it, it also goes to the fact that they have uh, creative freedom over their storylines where they can do some kind of, they can have long-term storytelling. And I think that's, what's really good about this. Um, you know, so I, I'm very interested. I, whenever this segment's on, it is, I'm paying attention. I am not fast forwarding. This is one I am glued into. Can I ask you guys a question? Where do you guys think the story with Sammy's going? I'll start with Doug. Um, I was trying to think Be, because of the, the, I, I thought he was going to get his win back at this, uh, pay-per-view. Um, I, I don't think I realized that it was going to be one of those tape segments uh, and it was going to be the ultimate deletion or AEW elite deletion. Um, I thought it was a good, good setup, good match and everything like that, but he needs something else. He needs to start getting on a winning streak. He needs uh, some, something else. I don't know if he needs to be in the inner circle because that seems to be, I don't know. It seems to be a lot more stronger than what he's been booked as. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that I actually feel that they've been doing a very bad job with booking Sammy because of his multiple losses to Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, it, like, you know, after uh, I think when we had done our pickums, we found out that it was uh, uh, his match with Matt Hardy was if Matt Hardy loses, then he quits or whatever. Um, but this last one, I mean, Sammy should have won. It, it should not have been a, uh, it should have been like, this is where Sammy is able to finally come back and get his win over Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy doesn't need the win. It doesn't help him out, you know, at all. Like it, there's, it, it's pointless. It, it It's honestly, it's completely pointless. I'm not saying it buries Sammy because he is in the ring with a legend, but you can do so much more. And I think that that is a, it's a bad move. I think him and M- MJF are probably going to come to a head where Sammy says, you know, it's me or him essentially. And then they have a match and the winner stays in the inner circle. And then at that time, if Sammy loses, okay, that's interesting. You know, that, that is, that's a fascinating, uh, you know, move they might be moving towards, but they need to do something a little bit more with him, I, I think. And I, I don't want to say he should be featured more, but I think that they shouldn't be having him lose as much as he is. You, you know, with, with that said though, I think there's uh I think they're really doing something basically just let him lose to hopefully forget about something he said about a certain person. I think that's actually what's what what think about it though. You think it's fan service for also him and how he hurt Matt Hardy? Okay. There was a lot of fan I mean, I, I, I think that there I think that there's a little bit of fan service into that. I don't think that even Matt Hardy I mean, they joked a lot about it on Dark and also being the elite. Um and when you you can tell that he's being very sarcastic with how he was trying to chase after Sammy on the elite or uh, being the elite and everything like that. But I'm kind of curious just because they seem to be a little bit more in touch with their fans than WWE that they were trying to give him a little fan service revenge for Matt Hardy. So definitely all good points. Part of me just wonders if this was always the plan with Sammy, though, because I'm trying to think back what big matches Sammy ever won. He lost to Darby Allen before all of this started. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, he's always been the pinfall leader. He lost Stadium Stampede. I'm pretty sure he was the one who took the One Wing Angel mm-hmm. off of the. Uh, mm-hmm. like he, he just doesn't win. That just seems to be his thing. I, I don't understand it because I think he's super talented. Now, granted, him losing isn't that big of a deal because you know his character is like he's always going to be super cocky and he's talented. And you know that, and he's young. But it doesn't seem like he's a guy that they're interested in pushing right now. Now, maybe in a couple of years they'll push him, but I can't think of a single quality victory that he had since AEW has started. And that's an issue, plain and simple. 
Andy, how did you feel about the uh, elite deletion and about people that appeared on in it? Uh, I don't. I mean, did you stand did you back? Did, did you did you stand back for when, Mosh- when when Shane Helms comes on? I'm whatever they want to call him. Sure, Shane the Hurricane, but don't call me Gregory. The fact that he actually showed up there, I was like, dang it! I thought you were gonna go back to to WWE, but apparently not. Were you also disappointed that after the second time of him going into the Lake of Rejuvenation, he did not come out as three count? <laughs> I know. Who, who owns who owns the trademark for that? Who owns the IP of that? You <laughs> were know, you, were you more disappointed that Hurricane looks like he he's eating road dog, and I don't just mean on Twitter? <laughs> like, look, I far be it for me to judge anyone, but like, Hurricane is no longer a cruiserweight. Let's just say that. he ain't making the two hundred five live team. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Gang, uh, who was the other person that showed up? Gangrel. Gangrel, yeah. David Heath. Ah, all, all, all. The first thing I thought of was the theme music when I saw him. So I was like, "You ready?" But I, I actually kind of want to see Gangrel and Luther team up. Yeah, I actually was thinking that too. Um, they seemed like a more of a natural fit, and they kind of both look weird. Yeah. So I picked before I knew this was Ultimate Deletion. I immediately realized that was a mistake because there was mm-hmm. no chance that Sammy was going to win this. But why was, why? Like, I just don't understand. Like Matt won the first match. So then he gets to dictate the rematch. Like that, that's odd. Like, I just don't, again, and this goes back to a previous point. I don't understand what the point of this was. Now, granted, I know that he laid him out and things like that, but it was like, if you were, if this was the plan all along, why didn't Sammy win match number one? No yeah. argument. <laughs> I mean, and that's what I've said. Like, I, I feel like they've booked him fairly poorly. Now, if they like, like, instead of they have like a, a, a big grand thing that they're going to be doing with them, you know, great. I, I'm waiting to see it, but it, I am waiting with, I don't even want to say beta breath. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. I just, I'm wondering what, what are they going to do next? And I'm not excited about it, which that's not necessarily where you want to be, but so we had, you know, of course, uh, that with the inner circle, uh, AEW tag titles. Andy, you saw this match. Did it live up to your expectations? Did it live up to the hype? Would you say? Uh, I mean, it was good. I mean, I, I will say it was good. I just thought it was there was too much going on. I thought that they uh, they put on they put on they they used their time uh, wisely, but it just seemed like there was too much uh, at times. But that's just me. It was still a great match. Don't get me wrong. It was a great match. I just thought it was too much. And, you know, it's like, uh, okay, what are we going to, you know, if they're going to go at it again, you thought they'd hold back. But I thought they put everything on the line. So, but uh, that's just my take on it. I was happy to see the Young Bucks win. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'd rather have anyone who doesn't have anything in the executive role at the company not to have uh, a title. Cody. What about you, Doug? What did you think? I think Jack Black said it best when he said that this is not the greatest tag match of the world. This is just a tribute. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Because I mean, they did some great things. They did the Hardy moves. They did the the Dudley Boy moves. They the the, the gear was for I believe it was uh the Rockers. Um. Yeah. Or the Midnight then, Express. Or the Midnight Express, right? So it, it was very much uh, a tribute on tag team wrestling. Uh, to me, it wasn't a their finest uh, tag team match ever. 
um, which was a little disappointing because, I mean, I think there was a lot of hype behind this due to the fact that it was uh, FTR, which is has been our top contenders also for Tag Teams of the Year, and and the Young Bucks have definitely won the, the award several times. So uh, there was a lot of hype here, and I think that they just did too much of tributes to other tag teams and not enough just wrestle your match. Wrestle the Young Bucks. Young Bucks do the Young Bucks. FTR do the FTR. That's what we wanted to see, and I don't think we got it. Yeah, actually, to follow up on Doug's point, this, you know, look, I think the tributes are really cool. One of the things I always love is I love seeing the heart attack. I really enjoyed the standard bulldog. Um, seeing the twist of fate swanton was cool. They didn't necessarily make sense in the context of the match, per se, but whatever. I was willing to overlook that. Um, but this wasn't either team's best match. And, you know, and truth be told, just because you put two great wrestlers in together doesn't mean they're going to have a great match. You know, um, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens are both fantastic, but in the ring, they just don't have great chemistry. Same thing, Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect go back in the day. They just, you know, some guys click, some guys don't. This match was great. Like, it's not a disappointing match in the sense of it's bad. It just was not the, this wasn't DIY versus the Revival. This wasn't Young Bucks versus Omega and Paige, right? Like, those teams really clicked, and you're like, wow, this might be one of the best matches I've ever seen. And I'm going to be honest, the finish, that's one of the dumbest finishes I've ever seen in a tag match for the Revival or FTR. That's stupid. I've never, I've watched them since they were the mechanics. Why on earth would he logically do a springboard 450 splash when the match is over? That was A, that's stupid. B, how many times do I have to see the middle finger into the finisher spot? That was like four or five times I watched that at full gear. Like once <laughs> is fine, but when Nyla is doing it, when Eddie Kingston is doing it, when uh, Moxley is doing it, when FTR is doing it, at what point it's like, do they not talk about this? Like you did, I think uh, even MJF gave the double middle finger before he'd lie, cheat, and steal. It was just like, Dude, it's like stop! And, and this, this was the worst offense. There's they were no all just reason. declaring AEW number one. You know what? And honestly, good for them. But <laughs> that was unbelievably dumb. Second thing: Why does a super kick with the or third thing? Why does a super kick without your boot hurt more? And a hurt ankle. And a hurt ankle. That shouldn't have been a knockout. If anything, he shouldn't have been able to cover for quite some time, and it shouldn't have finished him. So, I didn't like that ending whatsoever. And the Young Bucks winning? I don't know. I don't think that's really the place they should have went here. I really think FTR should have won that. I think the Bucks should have joined Cody in kind of that title purgatory. And then if you really want to turn them heel down the road and kind of let the elite go back to what they initially were, more Bullet Club style, where they're like, you know what? We're the executives of the company. We're going to take out title shots. Fine booze. But them winning was like, eh, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So for me, uh, I agree with you. I think that a couple things. One, yes, there needs to be more communication about what's going on with matches because when you see the second person do it, you have to be like, oh, crap, I can't really do that in my match. You know, like they've done it twice now and, and three, four or five times. It just it doesn't make sense. So there needs to be a little bit more of that. Uh, I actually liked part of the finish. I like the fact that he went for the 450 because of the fact that they are not known for that. That is not what they do. It's just just fists, you know, no flips, just fists. And so it was a, we're going to beat you at your own game. And obviously he missed. They cannot do that. The thing I didn't like was the fact that it was just a, a simple super kick. Like, that's the thing I didn't like. I would have rather had him super kick and then do the 450. Or like, um, uh, I think it was Matt that pinned him. And so I have Nick do the 
uh, uh, super kick and then Matt do the 450. You know, it was something like that to be like, this is how you do it. This is how you win. You know, you can win matches with the 450. That I would have been really, I, I think would have been a way better finish. But yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, to me, like a four star match, right? This is great. It, it was really good. Meltzer probably rated five and a half because he is who he is um, and loves AEW. It wasn't but, in Tokyo Dome. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be six and a half. Um, eight and a half stars. Uh, but I liked it. Where do you go from here? You know, they, they mentioned on dynamite, you know, potentially doing a rematch, but you know, you, you did the, the tribute show. What are you going to do after that? Are you going to do, you know, more ground and pound? Are you going to try to stop the bucks from doing their flips and, and, you know, kind of hold them down in a way? I'm unsure. I, I hope they don't do it soon. I hope that it's not at the next pay-per-view. I hope they keep them away for a while and then come back. You know, uh, I think that's that's the best way to do these types of matches because you don't want WWE it. If you do, it, people get uninterested, and it's not a fun. It's not fun for anyone. Yeah, and uh, the, oh, something big that actually did didn't happen. I thought actually Moxie might have a chance of uh, losing, but of course he did retain. Um, Wait, can you say that one more time? You thought Moxie yeah. might lose? I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Of course he wasn't going to lose. But anyways, but yeah, so uh, Moxley retained. Doug, what were your thoughts on uh, the match itself? The match itself, I thought, was good. Um, I'm not a big fan of I Quit matches, um, mostly because they usually involve the referee constantly asking them if they're going to quit. Are you going to quit? Are you going to quit? Are you going to quit? And then you have to listen to that for a while. Uh, Same thing with last man standing where it's a 10 count that they have to respond by. I hate uh, listening to the referee count multiple times. Um, I I honestly, I, I had to go back and watch this again because I never saw where Eddie Kingston actually did quit. Um, And maybe I just missed it, but it, it, it's a little sad because I, 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 I don't mind Eddie Kingston being that, tough SOB kind of character that never quits either. And that like, if you would have ended this with the referee actually stopping it so that Eddie can, you know, continue living um, again, not liking that start uh, stop, but you, you kind of backed yourself in the corner with the, I quit match. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I quit matches and last man standing matches should be more about brutality than they should be about, asking the referee a hundred times whether or not this person quits. And I think they did a good job with the violence, but to Doug's point, I wouldn't have had Eddie quit. I would have had Moxley simply tap into a side of him that we don't see very often. And you would have, I would have had him beat him into an absolute pulp, bloodied, unconscious, unable to respond. Clearly at this point, we're talking about more than just his wrestling careers in danger. And the referee is left with no other choice, but to stop the match because he is actually in danger. And I mean, this is actually the time which you could have done that spot where Mox is about to do something even more dangerous. And the referee's like, Nope, I can't let you hit him with a sledgehammer in the head. You know, kind of the stupid way that they stopped telling the cell. This would have made sense here. Like if he's not going to quit, I will absolutely cave his skull in. Okay. Then, you know, match is over. Kingston can say, I never quit. But obviously, it's very clear that he was not responsive. You know, they can go their separate ways. Look, Mox, Kingston had a 0% chance of winning. I would have bet the farm on Moxley retaining because obviously the storyline makes sense for him going forward. But it was still a fun match. It was a good, brutal match. It wasn't, you know, the best of Moxley's title defenses, but it puts him over as a very dominant challenger. 
And the one thing I will say is, is that it works in context with the story they're telling with him and Omega is that Moxley is very good in violent matches. He's very good when he can really turn it loose and hit you with everything. But if Omega gets him into the ring in a more pure wrestling contest, might not be as good as Kenny. And I think that's exactly what Kenny said tonight. That's exactly what the storyline they're going for. You know, between the ropes, Omega might be better. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, what you said is on Dynamite this week. Uh, Omega, I actually liked Omega's promo that he had this week. I thought it was it was one of his best promos that he's given. And he's like, look at the scoreboard. We're zero and zero against each other. We've never wrestled. We've never had a, a, a legit match. Because they didn't. It was unsanctioned, right? And... That's good. That's smart. Like that's that's a great way of being like, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. So their match is actually scheduled for December second. I think a lot of people expected this to go to Revolution, which is in February, but they're not going to wait that long. So uh, Tokyo Dome is going to be a month after that. So I think we might have an AEW champion going to the Tokyo Dome. That'll be kind of interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean the you know Moxley's match with Kingston was was good. Kingston can talk people into. I think pretty much anything. So he did a fantastic job there. Uh, and I think that Moxley and Omega could be really good. I imagine they're probably going for a trilogy. So I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the December 2nd, you know, uh, match. I expect probably a draw or, you know, DQ or something like to, you know, get it to the, the next chapter, which could be at revolution potentially, or even a later pay-per-view. Uh, but I mean, it was good, and and I I like what they've been doing with the the world title. I think that they they are doing it in the best possible way, given the current circumstances, and it feels like they do have their next two, potentially even three people lined up for the world title. Probably going to be Omega, then probably going to be Paige after that, uh, you know, and then maybe even Cody, you know. So it seems like they are they have a plan in place, which is something that's really good because you know when you look at the competition. Sometimes it feels like they don't have that. They don't think that far in advance. And it feels like AEW is. I think that's one of the things that keeping the title on Moxley and him accepting all challengers, I think that would be a great way to get Cody back into the title run is uh, Moxley even saying, I want to face the best. And if you want to say Cody's the best, I'll give him a shot at the title. I don't care what his clause was. Yeah, that's not a bad, bad way at all. I mean, I might be in the minority, but I just really don't want to see Cody Rhodes around the title. Like, look, Cody's a I five, didn't say he needed to win. I just want to see Moxley beat him. Yeah, I just, like, to me, the way Aaron feels about Triple H in the mid-2000s, that, you know, 2004, 2005. That he was just the greatest like he wrestler was, ever? I mean, he is the wrestler of the decade, but the way that Aaron just got tired of seeing him in the title picture is the way I feel about Cody in the title picture and that I don't need you there, man. There's look, AW has ton of worthy competitors, you know, Paige, Omega, MJF, Pac. I don't need to see Cody. If they're going to, if it's part of the storyline, it's the heel turn. He's basically turning into the evil authority figure. So be it. Right. Like he's basically trying to make himself mini triple H, but I, I don't. Know. I I just would not looking forward to him versus Moxley. I don't want to see him versus Omega. I don't want to see him versus Page. Like I, I'd much rather him do other things. And it's kind of the same way I feel about you know um, the Bucks is that they're really good. I just don't want to see the EVPs necessarily holding all the titles. And we're, I mean we're not that far away from that at this point. If Omega wins, we're talking about Cody could win a rematch, and now the entire elite has all the titles. 
is Brandy Rhodes going to be the next challenger to Sheeta? Like, you know, how far are we taking this? I would say that's fairly likely, but we'll see. <laughs> her, her promo, you know, on Dynamite was pretty good, where she uh, talked down that that lady who was, you know, coming after her man. The thing is, though, if they were to do that, they would get crapped on by so many people. Completely crapped I mean, on. So I, there's a there's a decent story to be had with the EVPs handling all the titles. They just need to be mega heels. I, I mean, right? You can't you can't pretend to do it. You know, like faces. It's it's not to go on the competition too much, but there's a certain character who was a terrible face, and he came back as the tribal chief, and oh my goodness, he's rejuvenated as if you know turning heel can be actually this solution to all of our problems. Same thing works with Cody. I, he's a mediocre face to me, but you make him the evil uh, heel in charge might be a lot more compelling television. That's all I'm saying. I think they would almost even do it just for the aspect of getting people to crap on them because they, they comment on all of that stuff on being the elite all the time uh, about, you know, what, whatever is talked about on the internet, they'll, they'll talk about it on being the elite or they'll put on some little skit that, puts more into that aspect or what people speculate. Um, I don't think it always translates over to dynamite every time. Uh, and I'll just say for the, for the instance, uh, the very end of being the elite this last week, page kind of almost joined the dark order. And I don't know if that ever got brought up on dynamite or not. Uh, but I'd be interested to see what happens. If Paige doesn't join FTR and Sean Spears and Tully, I'm going to be so disappointed. It just seems like that's the perfect fit for him. Right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. That would be a really good fit. I mean, it's the perfect um, kind of antagonist to the Bucks and Omega and Cody. Mm-hmm. He fits with FTR. He's never been able to win the big one. So now, because he's lost, didn't he lose the um, finals of the Diamond Dynamite tournament too to mm-hmm. MJF? So he lost to Jericho. He lost in the finals to MJF. He lost in the finals to Omega. Now mm-hmm. you get him with a guy like Tully Blanchard, a proven winner, and have an actual backup in his corner. Now Sean Spears has something to do because he can be the gatekeeper. With that, we've got storylines for both. It's a win-win. Yep. I thought that's where they were going with it for a long time. But anyways, uh, hey, let's thank our sponsor, HostGator. Are you a blogger or a podcaster? You're just not happy with your web host? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script controls, or free side by hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try free demo. See how easy it is. And if you use special coupon code off the mark, you're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite out of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out the Section 86 off the mark page. Click on the banner at the top to say big on items from WShop.com. And so we got to talk about it. Doug, what did AEW announce just this other day? Well, they came out with AEW Games as a hashtag and a Twitter follow and everything like that. Uh, and they did not just announce one game. They announced three games, two mobile games and one console game. Um, very, very excited for this. Uh, I thought they did it in a very, very entertaining way where Kenny Omega dressed up as Steve Jobs. <laughs> but then not only Kenny Omega, uh, Aubrey Edwards came out and is Steve Jobs and took over and announced uh, one of the mobile games. And then Britt Baker came out in what I thought was the the slow part, I guess, of the display and showed an AEW t-shirt game uh, for AEW games. 
and that's where I, I think you uh, jumped a shark there. Uh, but then they came out and said that there was another mobile game. Um, Cody came out and said that what's best is to announce a game that they can play right now. So coming this winter is a mobile game of AEW Casino. Um, if it's coming this winter, I obviously can't play it right now. Is it not winter everywhere? You're in a different time zone, so you yep. could be in winter already. Mm. Winter well, John is Snow coming. told me winter is coming. It's not here. Yeah. John Snow promised a good yeah. finale to Game of Thrones, so we've been lied to before. <laughs> well, it's okay because he knows nothing. Yeah. All right. I, I guess that's all the time we have for this episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, rec- <laughs> So, Aaron, one of the games that they are doing, it's it, there's one called a TEW, and it's Toll Extreme Warfare. Is that right? Yeah. So there, it was. A, so it was EWR Extreme Warfare Revenge, which became TEW. Uh, TEW was a very in-depth like version. So EWR was I have my own Fed, and I'm gonna have you know person A versus person B, and here's the finish. And with TEW, it was like. Okay, I'm gonna not only do that, but here's what the finish is gonna be exactly, and here's uh, what the percentage of like you know uh, good guys gonna get 80% offense, you know, versus the other guys only gonna get 20. Like it was very in depth to the point where it was almost too much. It seems like the mobile game where you're the booker, it's gonna be more like EWR where it'll be, uh, you know, not as intense, but you are gonna book matches. You're gonna try to you know make sure that the locker room is happy. Uh, there'll be you know friction and stuff. That seems pretty cool, and it's on mobile, so you can play it while you're waiting. And it's like, oh hey, I'm I'm you know at a bus stop. I'm gonna go ahead and do this, or I'm you know, uh, waiting for this to happen, whatever. Right? You like it? it it's a perfect pick up and play, real quick. That's really smart. Um, and then the casino one, I don't know who they're trying to appeal to. Whatever. Like, cool. Uh, obviously, the big thing is the console game. And Aubrey Edwards, so real quick, so for her, she went to school at DigiPen, which is in uh, Redmond, Washington, in the Seattle area. And they're known for uh, churning out uh, you know, people that work in the gaming industry. So whether it's an animation or uh, visual design, development, that sort of thing. And so she actually worked, she uh, studied there and then worked at a few other companies in the Seattle area uh, for game development. So she actually has a background in that. When she joined AEW, that was one of the things that she was interested in. So she was their project coordinator, project manager for him, and then uh, has been helping out with some of that, the game design, which is great. Kenny Omega loves No Mercy, loves VPW, and that's what they're going with. The thing that's very important, I think, with the the game, and I don't, I'm not going to try to take up too much of the time, but the person who was heading it was the director of Revenge 2000, VPW 2, um, No Mercy, uh, uh, Def Jam Vendetta, and then I think he was like a producer on Fight for New York. So the guy is, he he's not just like, hey, we're, we have AKI working on it. It's like, yeah, but who all's there, right? Like, hey, we have Rare making this game. It's like, yeah, but they were good in the 90s. They haven't been good since the 90s. So like, who cares if the company Rare is making a game? This is the actual guy that was working on those on No Mercy, as people had, had talked about. So I have high hopes for the game. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about it later. I, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of that. Roger, the game announcement itself. I mean, were you excited for it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, we heard rumors of this, but it's it's been a very long time since we have had a good wrestling game. I mean, I, I don't know the chronological order of them, but we're talking about the SmackDown versus Raw, the first one, um, Day of Reckoning 2 for the GameCube. 
um, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. These are early 2000s. You know, we're talking 2004, 2005, probably at the late, maybe 06, depending on SmackDown versus Raw. Um, but the wrestling game market has been very barren over the past few years, especially the WWE 2K series. should have been so bad they didn't even come out with one this year. Um, and now it looks like we could, and I'm going to say could because – Listen, first iterations of anything aren't usually the cleanest and best. This is not um, going to be every single thing that we expected and or wanted off the bat. It could be, but it probably won't be. It'll probably be, you know, version two or three before we get everything. But this looks like they understand what we want. They've got the guy who did No Mercy, which is a very important thing because but those games were very easy to pick up, but they were very hard to master. They were fun. They were simplistic, but deep. You know, they had fantastic creator wrestler. They had fun story modes that, you know, they, they had a lot of moves and not just moves from the, the federation or company that they were in, but it was all over the place. If you played No Mercy, you get to see moves you never saw in the WWF. You saw Steiner screwdrivers and, and uh, basically that Styles clash. It looks like he murdered somebody. I mean, just, you know, fantastic moves. If this can be 80% of what No Mercy was for us, instant day one purchase, I will play and dump hundreds of hours into this game. My only concern would be a, how deep is the creative player Two, you know, don't sacrifice gameplay for graphics, which unfortunately is the thing that most games do nowadays. It looks pretty. It seems pretty. So you play it and you're like, eh, I didn't really want to play that too much. Yeah. But them also being video game guys, they know that a game can look like crap, but if it plays, who cares? Graphics. Yeah, whatever. But if it's fun, you just continue to play. I, I, I do have a, question though for you roger of them so i still think no mercy is probably the best best controls best control scheme that they've ever done what would you add so let me say that i think the reckoning was actually the best control scheme they ever had but it built very much off of no mercy i mean just the technology was limited back in the day like when you did a no mercy powerbomb you couldn't interrupt it which was silly um and i thought the submission kind of the gameplay that they had in day of reckoning was very smart you could do a rest hold. You could go for the straight up submission. You could go to do a taunt. You know, it, it was a little bit more in depth. The big thing, and I think Fire Pro just added this: create a move might be the way to go. And I'm not talking about like just chain a bunch of animations together. I'm talking about being able to actually update and add moves that work. Because you know, we see new finishers, we see new moves, we see new styles. That's kind of going to be the thing that can keep your game fresh. And then you know. Maybe the I know 2K did this, but the ability to import photos as far as like actual textures and making creative player probably going to be the best thing that they can do. What about a create a match feature so that you can have like a mimosa match or a, or a Judy Bagwell on a pole match? Oh, so basically Vince Russo's wet dream. <laughs> No, I, I think I, to your to build off your point, Roger. I think you're absolutely right because I, the creative player is, is huge, you know. And the problem with No Mercy, I think you only had 18 spots, and similar with Day Reckoning, you did have multiple memory cards you could use, and so I think you could have then like 36 or so. But that that is so huge because not only you know you might make yourself and your friends, but you know you go back and you create some people that aren't going to be in the game. You're not going to see Austin in the game. You're not going to see Goldberg. You know, you're not going to see Hogan. None of those people are going to be in the game. So maybe you want to make them. And I think also, depending on the story mode that they have, if it is a ongoing thing and you can put created players in there, that would be huge because it would be really nice to 
hey, Roger, I'm going to challenge you for the AEW world title. That's cool. That's fun. That that makes it fresh. Or like, hey, in my game, uh, so Doug, you and me, we were a tag team, but then you betrayed me, and then you joined Andy, who uh, apparently now is a, a member of the Dark Order. I don't know how that happened, but that's really funny. That's cool. I, I hope that they introduce, uh, I hope that they have something like that in there. But first and foremost, obviously, is the gameplay. And whether it's No Mercy or Day Reckoning, uh, or even Here Comes the Pain, uh, like so long as they make it nice and tight, and they just focus on the gameplay versus the graphics. The graphics, was I impressed by it? No, I wasn't. I mean, they always looked like PS3 graphics. And that's fine to me. Like, honestly, that's fine to me. I, I think No Mercy, even though the graphics are absolutely terrible, uh, the fact that the fact of the matter is it's still fun to play. And it's not even rose-colored glasses because you can just pick up and play. And the the computer, the AI, is actually good enough where you say, hey, this is actually fun. Like, oh, they're trying to hurt me. I see what they're trying to do here. And they're they're working on my back because they're going to put me in the walls of Jericho or they're working on my leg because they're going to put me in a sharpshooter or, some, or a figure four or something like that. You understand the logic there. And unfortunately, when you had games a little bit later on, Day Reckoning in particular, the AI in that, unfortunately, was not very good. They'd roll you on a table and then punch the table and they won the tables match. Like, it was odd. Uh, so, I mean, so that actually I, seems like pretty smart AI, personally. <laughs> that seems I like, like a poorly programmed rule system. But that's actually a very smart way to win a tables match. I, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully they they do focus on the gameplay element of it um, because that's something that, you know, I, 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 I've been clamoring for this for decades now. Legitimately, it's, it's almost been 20 years since No Mercy was released. Uh, so I've been claiming for this for decades. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it will be good. There is something I wish that I really hope they add. So of course they have your your weak grapple and your strong grapple. I think there should be a third one. I think they should have a medium grapple as well, where you have a then uh, if someone's going to do a strong grapple, maybe that person is going to wait to time it as well. So I thought it'd be an interesting take on something that they can have. So then you're not because uh, you know, like for a while there, you could always block it over and over again because you knew it was going to be a week once so you could time it. But it'd be interesting that if like they went for like the uh, medium grapple opposed to a strong grapple, or if they went for the strong grapple and they the other player thought it was medium and he tried to block the guy up, he would it wouldn't matter. He'd be able to get the strong grapple over time. But that was that's the only thing I could. Would it be a rock paper scissors element? That's what I was going to say. Uh, that's a I think so. I, I think you, you would have to do it that way at first, but I, I think they could tweak it because I think that's the only thing that I would really want added, um, at least at this time. There's one more thing, and I always say this. When it comes to creative, especially when you're talking about faces, I am awful at it. I do not have that artistic ability to look at something and recreate it, but there are people out there who do. I absolutely want the ability to share files. I want to be able to see someone who's fantastic and goes, I can make CM Punk look exactly like CM Punk and put together the entire moveset. And I want to be able to download and upload and all of us can create our character and we can share with it. Like that to me will make the game feel so much more alive because look, like we can paste each other's formulas, but that takes hours and nobody wants to go through all that. And it's like, the technology is there now. Utilize the cloud, utilize all the fact that we have, you know, this isn't a cartridge anymore on the Nintendo 64. I should be able to upload and download all those characters, you know, and honestly, create an arena, create a pay-per-view, like all of those things that we have that create a championship. There's no reason not to do all those things. Just, you know, let it turn into the game that you ever, you want to play. Obviously they can't add in other logos and things like that, but you let us do that. That's way to go. 
Yeah, and if they do make it that customizable, I, I know I'd be super excited about that because then uh, realistically you could say, all right, well, um, Aaron, you're going to work on NXT. Uh, Doug, you can do, um, you can tweak the AEW stuff. You know, like you can do stuff like that, like kind of space it out. Cause- whoa, 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 whoa. There's plenty of dorks out there that will do this for us. I'm all sorry, right? I'm sorry. Aaron will find the correct one that we're going to use and then we'll just edit that one. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, if you could do that, like you said, Roger, like, let's say uh, they made Adam Page and you know, you kept thinking, you're like, you know what, they did a crappy job with Adam, I'm gonna make the like, proper Adam Page, and you could do that, and they should be able to allow us to download it, because, like I said, what if Aaron did make the perfect one, or let's say Roger made the perfect one, well, I want to get that one, of course, put in my game, so I think they really need to do that. What do you guys think is the over under for a release date? Aaron, watch right. you, you had the well, strongest viewpoint. Yeah, so based on kind of some of the footage that they that I saw, it looked very, very early because it was just minimal footage. And I think that's to gauge, you know, people's interest in it. A lot of times that's what, you know, companies tend to do. Uh, I was thinking first like 2023, but I'm scaling back. I'm guessing it'll probably be October 2022. Uh, and the, my my rationale is this, um, you know, a lot of games, especially bigger games, tend to be released in the latter half of the year. Uh, all of the AKI wrestling games were released at that time, aside from the Japanese AKI games. And so I would imagine uh, we'd be seeing an October to, to November, but I would say October would be my guess. 2022. I'm going to throw mine out there. I actually don't agree with you. And I think it's going to be October, but I think it's going to be 2021. But I think they're going to do something different with the release. I think they're going to put it out for like super cheap and be like, hey, guys, we're just this is still a beta. So here's 10 we cost 10 bucks. And I think they'll try to do that. So then they can judge like, OK, are we going to try to how much bigger are we going to make the game? And I think that's what, you know, especially if they say how much bigger are we make the next one, because if they just had stuff like with matches to create a player. Great. But like if they're like, hey, we're going to make it so you can make matches or you can create your own moves great let, then uh okay well we know that's going to be coming out in the next game great, great do it and I, I think that that would be the thing they're going to at least try to to do but i hope i hope you know two years uh for what they did show you you, you know i think someone mentioned it might looks like a ps3 graphics and i think yeah i think they did that on purpose just to kind of like we're going to play with this then we'll work with the uh once they get an animator in they'll probably then fix all that issue so but yeah i'm i'm pretty uh, uh pumped about it so um, well, Doug, what do you think for a release date then? Having the least experience in any computer technology or information, I'm going to say that it'll roll out. Um, I'm going to hope for a 2021 release, and I want to say it'll come out by, if it's not 2021, 2022, and it'll come out for double or nothing. It'll be one of their big four pay-per-views. I think that it'll it'll tie into to boost sales for the pay-per-view and also for the game. Yeah, you know, Andy actually brought up a good point, and I was wondering. I, I don't necessarily know I would call it a beta, but I think they should avoid the trappings of "Hey, let's try to make a new game every year." Just release the game and do a season pass, and as you want to add new features, that's what you charge for the new year. I don't need a brand. I don't need you to rebuild the wheel. Give me the foundation of a great game. Add in the new wrestlers that you need to update the attires as you want to. You know, I don't need AEW 21, AEW 22, AEW 23. 
just give me the season pass. You know, that'll pay for your service. And the thing is, wrestling fans love games. I'll absolutely pay for a monthly subscription. No problem. No problem at all. As long as you keep giving me good features, you know, good server work. So, yeah, I'm going to say I truthfully want it to be October of 2021, though, to Aaron's point, a lot of games are released at that point. So if you actually wanted to get some attention on it and not have to compete with all of the fall games, spring of 2022 probably makes more sense. Tie it with a pay-per-view. There you go. So I'm, I'm going to go on a outward limb and I'm going to say it's going to be December, 2021 because they seem to have some kind of partnership with C2E2 and C2E2 has now been delayed till December of 2021. Hmm. Right before Christmas. Uh, it's, I, I can't remember what the exact dates are. I'd have to look them up, but um, I know it's a, it, it's a late, it's a December date, but I think you, you can still get the game out and then have tournaments or whatever like that and still get the Christmas by, I think I want to say it's December 14th, maybe, or something along that. Where it's 10th a couple to weeks, the 12th. 10th yeah. to the 12th. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you still have the people buy it for Christmas and everything like that, but you would have um, maybe early, early release for C2E2 people um, with the game coming out that Tuesday after the, the convention. Do you think this prompts Kenny to start his own version of up, up, down, down? It's so Miro uh, and I've, I've actually been watching just because uh, I've never played among us yet. So I wanted to see uh, how it was. And I've been watching the up, up, down, down playing among us. Uh, Miro has uh, his own channel running uh, some gameplay of it too. That's actually kind of funny. Um I could see it. I could see them going into kind of a Twitch competition or, well, they would have the Twitch uh, everything because WWE can't do Twitch. <laughs> so, I mean, right, it would seem like a perfect way to promote the game. He obviously loves video games, so it's not like he couldn't do Tekken streams and, and whatever mm-hmm. games that he's playing. And then you get guys like Mickey, same thing up, up, down, down days. They get all the roster that plays video games. Seems like a perfect time to launch another channel. They and did they do an Elite versus the, the New Day tournament. That was was that an E3 or that was a promotional thing, right? That was a promotional thing. I can't remember what the actual promotion was, but it was on uh, released on Up Up Down Down, I believe. Yeah, and I think that uh, depending on the complexity of, you know, uh, the gameplay is going to be the most important part. Uh, but if they if they don't go as in-depth, uh, if you look at WCW versus NWO World Tour, the season mode was like five matches and then you won the world title. Uh, you know, that was it. It was mostly about, you know, playing with friends and that, you know, it took a while to make, but going from that to revenge, which seemed like a way, like a huge update. And that came out a year later. That was a huge, huge, huge update. Now, if they are going for a world tour and like, okay, expectations are gonna be low. Um, it probably not gonna be that polished. It could be a really good game, and we could see a 2021 release. But I would expect 2022, you know, and obviously that's going to be dependent on how much work is being done on it, how many people they have working on it. You know, the are they doing mocap for it? Are they doing just animation? Uh, you know, how many moves are they putting in the game? What type of features? There's a lot that could go into it. Uh, but, you know, obviously, fingers crossed. Hopefully it's going to be amazing. Hopefully it's going to be something that we can talk about on our, you know, 2021 episode at end of the year about how amazing this game is and that this is going to win all our categories. 
hopefully at that point, uh, Andy and Aaron will actually be able to challenge me and Doug. And at that point we'll be six year champions. So we'll be at that point, uh, challenging Moolah for the longest ever title reign in wrestling history. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't believe that the States have certified that yet. So I don't believe that counts. Oh, it's fine. The network's already called it. You know what? You know, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? It's going to be like 10 o'clock at night. And Aaron's still thinking about the match that we had last night, and you guys probably beat us. He's going to be like, we need to go now. No, no, we need to go right now. It's 10 o'clock. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm trying to sleep. I just have a feeling Aaron's going to pull a couple of those. Here's the real question, because tag teams in your position, and we can close on this, (laughs) always have a very, very simple ending. So here's the question. Which one of you causes the other one to have trust issues? (laughs) Well, it's going to be very simple because exactly, Andy's going to try to escape by jumping through a barbershop window. I, <laughs> so Andy's going to be the coward who jumps through the barbershop window. Yep, I'm definitely going to be the coward that jumps through the, the barbershop window. Andy, <laughs> after you jump through the window, though, can you just look back at Aaron and ask him, why do you trust why him? I trust you so much! <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. And that's all the time we have for this much show. If you're into the Twitter, you can follow the show at Authomark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and any of the podcasts. And I want to thank all of our listeners for the team down to the show. And for Roger Cave, Doug Hunt, and Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring. Oh.